Ladies and gentlemen, stand cheer for the Bulldog Fans Podcast. Here's your hosts, Matt and Scott, on their way down the tunnel at ANZ Stadium, on their way to the microphone. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up. Go up as one for Matt and Scott, the NRL Bulldogs Podcast. Welcome to the NRL Bulldogs Fans Podcast. My name is Matt. I'm speaking with Scott once more. Scott, how are you? Yeah, not too bad. Yourself? Pretty good, pretty good. Off the back of a thrashing of Queensland last night in the state of origin. 50 points to 6 to New South Wales. Probably one of the only wins a team that we support this year will have like that. Um, But hopefully the boys can bring it home, either at Suncorp or at Stadium Australia in Game 3, where this week the Dogs play the Dragons. Mm, Yes, leeway. (laughs) Uh, You made me feel good. I was actually feeling good about it. Then you said... For our only team to probably win like that, and it make me feel bad to start the podcast. The only team we support. Yeah. I saw, a, I saw a tweet the other day asking if um that's what it feels like to support the Penrith Panthers, which gave me a little bit of a chuckle. <laughs> All right, Scotty, you got some news for us? Yes, yeah, so we've got uh, a couple of players making a return. Uh, of course, Jerry Marshall King straight into the starting lineup at Hooker, making a return from his. Uh, foot injury that he suffered earlier in the year. So it's good to get some players back. And we also got Lachlan Lewis making a return in the New South Wales Cup this week. So getting some players back off the injury list. Uh, just to add to the injury list, Corey Allen is only is a week away, unfortunately. Had a little bit of a setback uh, with contacts. So they're going to push him a week, which is unfortunate. Some good news. Uh, Raymond Fatal and Mariner at one stage would look like he's going to be around around the round 20 mark. He looks like he's going to return in between round 17 or 18, and same with Jaden Ockenbaugh. And for even uh, some some better news, for particularly this player, Christian Crichton, he had his season ruled out. He's ticking all the boxes. He's moving quickly. Potentially a smoky for the, uh, in particular, the Mounties for the finals time. And maybe even before that as well. So that's awesome because they pretty much put the uh, red line through Critter this year, saying he's not going to play any footy. And who knows, he might be back in around that round 20 mark, round 22 mark. So that's awesome news. So the players are progressing pretty quickly. The only question is, no update on Kyle Flanagan's situation at the moment. Yeah. Cool. Good to see some players coming back there then. Yeah. Uh, thought we might have a quick discussion uh, in regards to a player's name being mentioned and being shopped around, and that's uh, Dallin Watanese-Lesniak to the West Tigers. Mm-hmm. What, what are you thinking? Well, it's probably happening without his knowledge, given the fact his social media post last week. Um, mm. There seems to be updated news here. Apparently there's a swap deal that potentially may happen with the Bulldogs paying a, a hefty part of the salary uh, for DWZ to go to the West Tigers and we get Joey Lelua. The other one I've I've heard the other one say is Thomas McKayley. Yeah, you said that like two days ago to me, which would make zero zero sense. Yeah, no, I was just saying it as on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. So Thomas McKayley would be actually. I think that makes much more sense than Joey Lailua. We've we're not winning any battle up up front. Well, Thomas McKayley's not going to win you a battle up front. Well, he's better. I think to throw away a. Uh, international three-quarter back for um, a front rower makes no oh, sense to your salary no, cap management. I disagree. I don't think we should release Dallin at all. But I would, if you got to release him and you got told it's going to happen, you pick Joey Lailua or Thomas McKelly. I'd pick Thomas McKelly every day of the week and not even consider Joey. 
Yeah, but he's a bit slow to play at centre. <laughs> okay, another news. This is some good news, actually. Mm. Uh, the Warriors are making a return home at round 22, which happens to be against the Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs. It is going to be the, the I reckon, the regular season, the event of the year. The Warriors have, haven't been playing at home for a while now since this COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, they've been playing all their home games at the coast. How enormous is this event going to be? This event's going to be sold out in seconds once they release the tickets. Uh, yeah, 30,000 people. You'd like to think they'll sell it out, and they probably will, and it's going to be fantastic for the Warriors. Um, but my first reaction to this news was probably one of selfishness and thought, why does it have to be that game? I'd prefer that game on the Central Coast because I was planning on going to it. You know what was funny? I was actually thinking the same thing when I was writing that down. I was like, of all the games, round yeah. 22 against Canterbury, and I was like, <laughs> damn it, I was going to go to the Central Coast and watch them play another game. Mm. Maybe get the maybe get the passports out. We're not in Victoria, so we might be able to get there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, we might have to fly across the ditch and, and watch the boys, which would be good. Oh, that would be an enormous, enormous event. That'd be pretty cool to say that you're a part of the uh, first ever the Return Warriors game at home. Yeah, and it's doubling up as Roger Tuivasa Shek's farewell game. So, like, that's fantastic that Roger will get that opportunity to play in front of a home crowd this year in his last season in rugby league, at least for now. So, um, that's fantastic. And for the Warriors side of things, it's going to be massive. So. Really awesome for them, really awesome for the players and all their families, friends, all that that have been been doing it tough the last two years, so that's fantastic for them. Yeah. I will move on. Uh, last um, last week we didn't do our normal episode of the podcast uh, because we had a very special guest who joined the show, former Canterbury great Dennis Scott, who played in the, great, the late 90s, early 2000s for the Bulldogs. Um, so we didn't actually get to review the Panthers versus Bulldogs game on the weekend. So we'll, oh, the that weekend because we had obviously Dennis Scott on the show. So maybe we'll touch up on. Well, it worked uh, the... out really, really well with the bye week. So we got to release the Dennis Scott interview during the bye week uh, and have a, a week off from our regular episodes. And now we can just pick it up mm. where we left off straight away. But before we do, Scott, some news possibly breaking now. It always Bulldogs. happens. Well, it might it have been happens. a few hours ago, but we've been at work. The Bulldogs have reportedly set sights on Panthers hooker Mitch Kenny. Interesting. Initial thoughts on that? Perfect. He's. I think he's good enough to be top grade, a regular top grader week in, week out. He mm-hmm. dominates New South Cup. He doesn't look out of place when he does play for Penrith. Uh, he's as good good as... I reckon he's as good as Api Coruscant. It's just, unfortunately... You know the way he's coming through, so bring him over. I don't know about as good as Appy Corusau, but I definitely he definitely impressed me when I saw him play this year. Um, I've seen him play twice, a reserve grade game and a, in, a, in the NRL, and his service out of dummy half is great. He's got a long ball out of dummy half too, so that's a really good target there um, and a, a position that we need to, to build up. And I think Mitch Kelly, who's a player who's shown some potential, um, you know, it could be a rep player in the future. That's how good he could be. Uh, but right now, not getting a chance at a really strong team. That's the type of targets we should be making. I'll so tell you what. I was watching the uh, Mounties versus Penrith, and he was the one they interviewed uh, before the game. 
His attitude's fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. Great, great attitude, and he played, despite in a losing side, their first loss, I thought he was quite impressive in that game. Fantastic. All righty. The Bulldogs lost to Penrith. It's all Bulldogs and Penrith at the moment on this podcast, but the Bulldogs lost to Penrith 30 points to four at at Blue Bet Stadium, they're calling it now. It's had as many names as the Sharks Stadium. Yeah, that's true. That's true. All righty. The first half was good. First half, we stayed into it. I thought that um, it was 4-0 with not much time remaining in that first half, and Dallin puts a try on the platter for the uh, Penrith Panthers to make it 10-0, and I think that was the end of the game right there. No, 100%. Um, 100% yeah, that was the end of the game. 10-0, 4-0, you start to have a bit of belief mm-hmm. um, coming from where we are and where they're placed. But that, that broke the uh, camel's back, so to speak, and um, it was all downhill from there. But there was some really impressive signs, apart from the start of the game where we went high tackle, high tackle, try. Mm-hmm. Um, we came yes. out with a plan. If you look at the kicking stats, I think there was 28 kicks between the halves in this game, uh, which is a significant increase. 600 metres just off uh, the boot of Avrillo and over 200 of Wakeham. So it's obvious game plan there to use the kicking game. Uh, and it was working. But I feel I fell away from it, from the game plan in that second half. And it's just another sign that the club or the team at the moment uh, can't put through a full 80-minute performance. Whether, yeah, it's I... a, whether it's a half a second slip-up offload from Dallin or you know two lazy high tackles that give better if they're only two tries of the first half or falling away in the last 20 minutes or, or a 20-minute period during the game. We just can't put it together. What I actually noticed, too, um, defensively, this game was outstanding. I know you look at 30-4 to four and you go, how the hell can you say defensively outstanding? It's a weird thing to say when you a uh, team racks up 30, but like you said, it was the errors. Uh, we compound compounded errors and bringing them into it, like the Dallin's pass up and... Uh, Offload, sorry, and Jack Harrington going for two high tackles in the, the opening of the match. Um, I must say, defensively, it looks so much better off Josh Jackson in the side. I mean, it's not. I don't think that's a surprise. Uh, I actually like the fact that Josh Jackson put pressure on Nathan Cleary. I actually think that he took him out of it, out of the game a little bit. There's a lot of times that Cleary would kick, and it was like you know contact. There's a lot of kick pressure on Nathan. Which I feel like when we versed them last time, we did nothing of none of that at all. This time we did. You, you can see some of the results, like some of the passes, their end of sets, the Panthers were not to their standard. And I think because the likes of having Josh Jackson put a target on him the whole time helped with that. And then when Josh Jackson was off the field, that's when Panthers started to score most of their points before he came back on again. So I feel Josh Jackson brings that, like, you know, that toughness and. Smart toughness, smart aggression in the team. So I think he's uh, was a an added bonus, and I think it would only get better. It just I think we need to find a way to get him through as close to the eighty minutes as possible. If we could get him for like seventy or something, even if we play him on an edge for a couple sets to get him out. It's a lot to put on one player, though. Um, yeah, I, I know, but he's just a class <laughs> above. It's good in, to see the defensive resolve come back a bit. Um, yeah, which has fallen away. The Larks probably. Six weeks or so, um, when we've been when we've been poor, you could say at least well they're solid in defence and the attack will eventually come. But 
Uh, not this year for large portions of it. Um, and it was good to see us stick to a game plan, which was really, really impressive. Uh, obviously, like I said, we couldn't go with Penrith for the whole time, but it was, you know, it was a really promising game. Which feels funny to say, thirty the four loss, um, but we've only had the one win this year. Yeah, but the one to remind you there. But um, yeah, I was just going to say, uh, I don't. I, at the end of the game, or at half time, I was really proud of the performance because not too many sides running larks would play like that against the side running first. If you go back through the years, yeah, agreed. I must say, um, I like the way they kicked to Brian Tottle a lot of the a lot of the game, and was really ruling out his second um, tackles, like yeah, the the first tackle from the kick from the kick return. I think that's where Brian Tottle's at his best when. Someone takes a tackle, then Brian Tottle off the play the ball there in the middle because he's yeah. just he's little pocket rocket. He's stocky. He runs a million. He just runs. He'll run through brick walls. Getting him off the kick return for some, you know, just made that easier. Like getting him and having the chases yeah. around him. Well, so every, he didn't have time to wind watch, up. If you watch Penrith games, every team's doing that to Penrith at the moment. Yeah, so most I like... of his run meters is from kick returns, except for Queensland. Queensland decided not to do that. Yeah, I, I would be <laughs> kicking at it just because when he winds up that one out and gets a wind up, that's when he's very dangerous and getting a quick play of the ball. Where if you could try to pin him down there and have a couple of people, he's still he's a bloody good winger though. No, <laughs> but the one thing is just a little bit disappointed in 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 a sense of attack is the sense that will will vary one dimensional when it came to just one out hit up one out hit up one out hit up and i know a confidence thing and um but when we're in that situation in the game i thought we could have just you know thrown the ball around and see if we could split penrith we just never mm. looked like we troubled them that much yeah. but i think that's a confidence thing as well as like you know if we started winning a couple of games you know yeah and if we didn't go down 10 nil at halftime and it was only four nil mm-hmm. you just never know might have brought some confidence in them but yeah We'll go through the points. Yep. I think you should just do it this time because I'll tell you what, it's the exact same players. Yeah, so we've both given two points to Luke Thompson uh, and two point, and one point to... Uh, no, sorry, we both gave two points to Aaron Shop and one point to Luke Thompson. Um, I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> so Luke Thompson uh, gets a bonus point and his lead at the top of the table is starting to get pretty significant. Luke Thompson, 22 points. Dallin Watane Zalaziak second on 13. So starting to grow at the top there. It's Adam Elliott of last year. Hopefully yeah. an injury doesn't come. <laughs> and Aaron Shop uh, goes from zero points to five points and goes into equal fourth with Nick Kotrick and Kyle Flanagan and Jack Everington. In the offseason, we might have to review the scoring system, <laughs> especially yeah. while we're playing like this. <laughs> yeah. Um Fair point you make. Fair point. You just got a guy who's played two NRL games and he's he could come in bronze. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's that's a more about the consistency of the rest of the team now. Yeah, I think that's the f- fair point around it. Unfortunately. All right, let's move on. Yeah, we're gonna go lower grade watch. Um, we'll, we'll touch up quickly. Like I said earlier, the Mounties did defeat Penrith, which was Panthers' first loss in New South Cup at uh, Blue Bet Stadium just before the NRL match, which is pretty. Pretty good, but um, now we'll move to the Jersey flag. That was because that was two weeks ago. I thought I'll quickly touch that on that. Jersey flag last week, the Bulldogs, too good for the Sharks, defeating them 24 points to 14. Uh, the Bulldogs will verse the Dragons on Saturday, this Saturday, 11 a.m. 
unfortunately, I was hoping we could play the three grades on one day on the public holiday Monday. I thought that would be pretty cool, but no, that's a Saturday morning, and it's also a Dragons home game for the Jersey Flicks, so that probably rules any chance of that happening. Uh, in the uh, for the Mounties and the women's Central Coast Roosters twenty two defeat the Mount defeat the Mounties twenty. I was asking, I was wondering if anyone could come close to the Mounties. In that they will they're putting some scores on uh, week in week out. Central Coast have always been strong there. Yeah, they are, and I mean sometimes a loss is good though. Isabel Kelly play for them. Yeah, good player. Um, I think sometimes it's good to get a loss like that as well. Can't always go through the season being undefeated. Well, who knows? Panthers might do that in the NRL. Uh, they've got a bye this week. Mm-hmm. Mounties in the New South Wales Cup last week had a bye. Mm-hmm. And this week, they will verse the St. George Illawarra Dragons at Stadium Australia, 1.40pm kickoff. And that would lead into the Bulldogs versus the Dragons NRL match. Nice. And that would lead us, yeah, talk about the Bulldogs and Dragons at Stadium Australia. <laughs> Alrighty, yep. Queen's birthday game, yet again. Footy on a public holiday just goes right. That's good. It's good to have yeah. a three-day weekend. Looking forward to it. Yeah. Um, what do you think? The Dragons came off an impressive win against the Broncos last week. Yeah, well, you can't be confident going into any game at the moment, can you? Oh, I, was more, I think they might be a bit confident after the way they played against uh, Brisbane, putting them away quite comfortably. Uh yeah, look, it should be a game that we could win, though. Like, the Dragons are the team that freaking performs one week and not the next for much, not much difference. Do they have to be able to be at their best to win? No, but they have to be better than their worst, because their worst is, is not great. The big difference, that's probably the Dragons' Achilles heel at the moment, isn't it? Big difference between their best and worst performances. Yeah, well, they've beat Parramatta this year. In an, an oppressive win against Parramatta and struggling yeah. against a few of the other teams. Yeah. I'm not sold on Parramatta. No, I'm not sold on Parramatta either, but when <laughs> everyone was saying that the game of the round, Paris favourites, and then Dragons beat them comfortably. Yeah. Well, I think that says more about Parramatta this year than Sir George Olawara. Yeah, I think they've had an easy run, but let's not talk about Parramatta. <laughs> oh. Alrighty, the team list is in fullback Dallin Watelli-Zlosiak. Again, Nick Kotrick and Nick Meany on the wings. The two Nicks, Will Hopawadi and Aaron Shop in the centres. The halves, again, Brendan Wakeham and Jake Avarillo. Up front, Jack, I'm lucky not to be suspended again, Heverington and Luke Thompson. Uh, Jeremy Marshall-King returns from injury, as you mentioned earlier, at hooker. Second row of Elliot and Dury with Josh Jackson locking the scrum, although they don't lock the scrums. Much anymore. On the bench, Sierra Katoa, Dylan Napa, Ava Sinamatafungo, Joe Stimson, and the reserves, Kyle Flanagan, Corey Waddell, Tui Katoa, and Chris Smith. I'll tell you what, Joe Stimson's been named in the New South Cup match as well as the NRL. Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it's funny how Corey Waddell and Chris Smith haven't. Mm. So maybe a late change before kickoff, or maybe Chris Smith and Corey Waddell playing a reserve grade. I don't know what they're trying to... I just find it funny if you're just a bizarre team selection. Yeah, you mention that every week. <laughs> Who in the reserves is in the reserve grade or not? No, but Joe Stimson is not in the reserves. He's in the interchange bench, and he's named in the reserve grade. Oh, there you go. That's what I'm saying. That's, that's, that's And then the two reserves who aren't, 
who play in that position or who have played mm. in that position for the for the Mounties this year are n- not named there. I don't know if that's more of a Mounties trick. <laughs> like, ha, here comes Corey Waddell or here comes Chris Smith or if it's uh, Bulldogs, but I don't know if we why we would name... I don't know. I don't know if mind games exist in the New South Wales Cup at this stage of the year. I don't know, yeah. It's going to get changes. to the finals before you start doing that. Yeah, it changes all the time too. Like, yeah, yeah, players yeah. dropping in and out... Uh, well, Especially around my, this period of origin. Well, that's my point every time you bring this stuff up. It doesn't really matter because you could have a reserve grade side that's got six jerseys over the number of 19. Yeah. So it doesn't matter at all. Um, although reserve grade will be played first. So there you go. Maybe Stimson's going to play a full game of reserve grade and play 10 minutes off the bench. Maybe that's the plan. Who knows? But anyway, yeah, not, not much changes to the team. Marshall King comes back. I don't think many people could argue um, that... That's probably improvement in the hooker. Um, don't think it's going to change the way we play, though. Yeah, Katoa's back as well from his one-week suspension. Um, I don't know. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Katoa starts. Marshall King's been off for quite a lot this year. So yeah. Wouldn't surprise me. Might be one of those things. Like I know at one stage the uh, Cowboys were playing Granville at nine, but he played on the interchange bench for a long time. Yeah, and it was more of the fact that you're wearing number nine because you're the best hooker. However, we'll start with someone else at hooker, and you'll come on and play sixty minutes off the bench. I think it might be one of those things. I think Katoa might start this week, but who knows? We will have to wait until Monday, three o'clock, to find out the final seventeen. Yeah, and also the early other figures. It wouldn't surprise me if uh, Flanagan was a late inclusion as well. I have a feeling that he may not play reserve grade. Or I have this weird feeling that he, he's just getting his uh, his uh, ribs right, and when that's uh, when that's right, he'll be straight back in, um, which makes that media hoopla even more confusing. Next week we play the the Eels, so you probably don't want to bring it back to that one. Mm, it's interesting though because the the injury report they didn't even touch up on him. They even mention him. Even say, yeah, he's gone all right, and we'll just assess well, it. you're talking about mind games a second ago in reserve, right? Yeah. Yeah, I know, but I just... No, but it's interesting when... No, I was just... Yeah, saying it was a joke with Mick Potter trying to pull some mind games. I don't know. I just... They wonder if, where rumours start from, and if the case of they're not going to mention him even slightly and say he's got a chance of coming back in the next couple of weeks, just seeing day by day, they don't even mention him there. They're just naming him at 19 and they cut well, him. They mentioned they've it a cut couple, him early each they time. Men, they mentioned it a couple of weeks ago that you'll be back either the week after the bye or the week after that. Yeah, but we're getting week up to week updates with Jaden Ockenball and Raymond Vitale Mariner, who are like around 17 and 18. We've been finding that for ages. We've got the same update of Christian Crichton a couple of weeks ago this week. Players who haven't. Yeah, I, t- I, take, I take your point. I'm not arguing against the point. I'm just saying that was the last information we got on Flanagan. Yeah, I so know, it just... wouldn't surprise me. No mention of him. They throw him in yeah, against just... a team like the Dragons, which if we do play it to our best and they, they have an off day, we could beat. Okay, actually, Flanagan's available this week. He's pulled up all right at the end of training. Yeah. And he's hips, oh, ribs, sorry. Where do you play him? Is it just straight in the halves? Yeah, yeah. If, if, I, get the cho- if I get the choice, yeah. Fully fit Flanagan, which he hasn't been for most of this year, is the best halfback in the, in the club. Okay, I just want to just quickly ask that. All right, moving on. Yeah, uh, got uh, a little, bit, a couple of pieces of sad news. Uh, one not very surprising is the uh, 
official announcement of his retirement, Brett Morris. I was expected a few weeks ago. Uh, we paid a little bit of tribute to uh, BMOZ. Um, we just wanted to bring it up again because, you know, what a champion player. He played 68 games for the Bulldogs. He, he played over 280 NRL games. You know, represented his country, represented his state. No matter who you've gone for, it's very hard to hate Brett Morris. I admired him at the Dragons, was cheering when he came to Bulldogs, upset, spewing when he went to the Roosters. Um, you just love him. He makes every team, even if you don't like that team, he just makes them more bearable. And you kind of, you know, you hate the Roosters, but you want Brett Morris to score a hat-trick or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, you want mm. him to see him go well. Uh, two-time premiership winner. Unfortunately, not one of them was at Canterbury, which sucks because <laughs> it would have been nice. But it's a wonderful career. And uh, he, when he announced his retirement this week, he said that you tell him this is what's going to happen on day one before he makes his first NRL contract, signs his first NRL contract. You're going to play 15 years, but you're going to blow out your knee after that many games, but you're on the way, you're going to represent your country, your state, and you've got two premierships. He would say, show me where, where to sign, and I'll sign it right now. He puts it in perspective, like, you know, he could be kicking stones, you know, he, he deserved, mm. you know, a massive crowd at the SCG for his final, like, you know, his final home match as a farewell game. Mm. And he deserved that, and he should have got, we in the ideal world, he should have got that. Um, But the way he puts it in perspective, you know, don't feel sorry for me, you know, I've had the 15 years, I've achieved everything you possibly could in the game an origin series winner as well um you know and i i thought that was just lovely yeah he definitely took it like a man like a professional um i remember in the early days he was at the dragons and josh was at the bulldogs we used to always we got the better morris type thing <laughs> yeah yes, whether that's yes. true or not who knows but i tell you what brent morris probably goes down as top five wiggers of all time. And in my books, I don't think anyone can argue with that, in my books, he's probably the, the second best winger of all time. Yeah, it's hard to argue. He's he's absolute freak. And when you talk about superstar wingers and when everyone said there wasn't many going around, it's him. He's, uh, yeah, he was a loud and out winger. Yeah. He's the out winger. He made but it perfect. Could also play just as well, almost, at fullback or centre. Oh. And he's toughness in origin. Touched on it before. Um, yeah, what a player. And it's just a... I reckon it was a privilege to watch his career. And I was just so lucky. I'm so glad he was able to play 68 games for the team we barrack for, the Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs, which was almost to watch every minute of that. Yeah, love a sad news, Scotty. Uh, Tim Pickup passed away on the 7th of June. Uh, he was an Australian rugby league footballer for the North City Bears, the Kittery Bankstown Bulldogs, New South Wales, and Australia. He played rugby union for Manly as a teenager. Later was named in the Manly rugby union team of the century. First played rugby league with St. Helens, despite being born in Sydney. Um, was, was spotted by St. Helens playing touch football in England while working over there. Who would have... <laughs> What a story that is. How good, at t how good at touch football must you be to be picked up by a professional rugby league side? Uh, and then, of course, moving over uh, back to Australia, started his Australian rugby league career with North City Bears playing 52 games. And then the Bulldogs from 1975 to 79, 43 games. Uh, played in a very successful time. But, yeah, what a, what a yarn that would have been, you know? Him working over in England, playing touch footy. Next minute, he's uh, strapping up for St. Helens. That is just a unique story. 
it wasn't a conventional way into professional football, was it? No. But uh, it's uh, my thoughts and prayers go with uh, the pickup family, family, uh, close friends, and anyone who's uh, affected by the news. And mm. um, I just want to pay tribute that he played in a very successful time in Origin and everything. He played Origin, so what a career. Well, what a unique way to do it. Pre Origin. Yeah. Oh, but, sorry, the representing New South Wales. I apologize. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. But what Comes a from a way. good rugby league family too. Father Harry, long grade player for St George in Eastern Suburbs. Brother um, Laurie, no, sorry, his father's brother Tim, Tim's uncle Laurie uh, played first grade for the Eastern Suburbs Roosters. So, you know, obviously some good genes in there. Yeah. All right, is that us? That is us. For uh, the week, I guess, uh, I want to see as many people, hopefully, as possible at Stadium Australia on Queen's birthday. You know, it's a long weekend. It's a good way. Uh, footy on a public holiday mm-hmm. is as good as as, the, as good as anything. So we'll see you then. Uh, get in touch with us if you want to hear anything or need any questions or whatever you want on, t- on Twitter at NRL Bulldogs fans. Follow us on Instagram, reach out there um, at NRL Bulldogs underscore fans. Our Facebook page, NRL Bulldogs fans podcast, which is growing really fast, surprisingly. So thanks for that. And uh, if you want to reach out to us via email, nrlbulldogs.fans at gmail.com.